Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Builder Podcast. Thanks for joining us as we talk about making new products and companies with our talented friends and special guests. I'm Luke Rabin. And I'm Brandon Lewis, and we're the co-founders of Builder, and we're glad you're here. All right, so um, welcome to the very first podcast. Uh, My name is Luke Rabin, one of the founders of Builder. And I'm Brandon Lewis, the other founder. And we have our good friend Stephen Dodge from Regular here. How you doing? Hey. Thanks for having me. Um, so, um, <laughs> I know, for real. Uh, so, the way we're going to get this started is just by talking for 30 seconds about Regular. And the rest of the show, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about you. So, for the next 30 seconds, tell us a little bit about what Regular is, where you, where you are in the process, and then I'll rudely cut you off at the end of that. Fair enough. Well, get to self-fulfilling my ego. Um, yeah, so regular is a platform that gives uh, consumers more control over their data um, and the ability to aggregate it and use it uh, offline for more personalized experiences at any brick-and-mortar location. Um, and yeah, we've started a uh, pilot uh, for about six to eight months here in Richmond um, with about 12 locations, a little over 1,000 uh, active users and downloads. Um, and we're on to kind of the next stages of what regular as a platform and service can be um, for this kind of new digital economy and age. Awesome. That was right in 30 seconds. Good job. I try. Um, Ryan tracks. I'm pretty good with that. (laughs) Okay. So let's think about your life, your experience with regular. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been about a couple years, right? We'll shave it off a little. Year. Okay. <laughs> it's, <laughs> little hiccups here and there. Yeah, I sure. mean, every, yeah, everything takes some hiccups, everything. Pivot, pivot here um, there. So tell me about the, the events kind of leading up to saying, okay, I'm going to get started with something. Um, give me some kind of sense of, um, you know, what your life, your job, um, all that stuff looked like um, all the way up to the moment where it was like, screw it, <laughs> I'm going for it. Yeah, so, I mean, as, as you know, I think a lot of, a lot of the inspiration for, for regular came from my time at Nordstrom. Uh, I was a full-time working student at, you know, VCU. Um, and, you know, just working at Nordstrom, if you're familiar with the Nordstrom way and the experience of, you know, developing personal relationships with customers, um, and making that more of an actual friendship, if you will, um, you know, that, that's where a lot of this came from. Uh, you know, I had customers that knew me by name. I knew them by name. I was, you know, able to recall their, you know, shoe size, the last time they'd been here, a family name, a family member, um, you know, a lot of, I could, you know, I could do personal, you know, kind of jabs at them that you wouldn't be able to, you know, normally do, um, in another retail environment. So I think that's where a lot of the, again, a lot of this, uh, you know, it's kind of rooted in, it's just that Nordstrom culture, um, that I really, you know, just kind of engrossed myself in for those five years while working. Um, and I decided to take the jump, um, because I had a pretty, I'll say fairly lenient schedule, um, working my full-time job where I worked from four to 12, uh, midweek through the weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had all day to kind of take a, I was kind of bored, you know, I had nine to four, I had nothing to do. Um, and I spent most of my time actually just getting like certifications, um, it certifications. Um, but I've always had this kind of entrepreneurial, just, I'm, you know, always thinking of ideas and nitpicking at things. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to kind of take a stab at what I think would be a really cool idea for using data in the offline physical world. Um, and that's how I met you all. So, if you're if if you've had a kind of an entrepreneurial hustling spirit for mm-hmm. a, a long time, um, if you were to to rewind further back, is, is there anything that sticks out in your mind as um, the previous thing that you really were like, 
I don't care. I'm just going to do this like a, like a hobby or, or anything like that. What sticks out in your mind? If I were to take a stab at anything. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a huge tennis fan and I wish I, I wish I had pursued it, uh, a little harder, I would say. Um, I was a, I'm a little smaller, so it was, a, you know, it was a disadvantage being smaller in tennis. Um, know the feeling <laughs> some advantages, but not others. Um, but you know, I've, I've always been known from family and friends as constant motion, just never running out of energy. So it kind of just like naturally came to me. Um, but that was kind of the, one of the things that I wish I had always kind of taken a, a, a little harder look at, or just kind of taken the leap and done it. Um, and early on too, like throughout high school and college, really, I think till about halfway through college, um, that I really find my, I would say like kind of my calling or passion, which was more for, uh, what I like to kind of call the three P's was like politics, physics, and philosophy. Um, and you could throw business in there too, but, uh, you know, throughout high school, middle school, I was kind of a, you know, jack of all trades. I just, you know, I prided myself on doing everything. I, you know, I was never a master of one thing. Um, you know, I got up early, went to band camp, played drums, took more classes and graduated with more credits than anyone in my high school history. Um, you know, I never was really solid at one thing, um, which was a good experience. And I had really good at time management, things, things of that nature. But, um, I think, I think tennis would be the one that I wish I had kind of gone back and really taken that, that leap of faith, if you will, and, and gone at it harder. Um, cause it's only you on the court microphone that way a little bit more you can't hear me um you can push it down a little bit (laughs) there we go um so take us through kind of i I know there's there's rarely like a single moment but if there was a single moment uh that sticks out that you just jumped like made the made the jump um or a conversation you had what what did it look like to really start this process for you I mean, I would say the first jump I really made actually was taking my job as a, I mean, I've always kind of gone with my gut feeling. I mean, everyone's, my parents have always been kind of naturally, you know, defensive, made sure I didn't do anything, you know, that was outside of, you know, their approval. Um, you know, they never wanted me to take the job at Nordstrom, um, cause I knew nothing about sales, nothing about, you know, fashion. Um, you know, I learned, um, they didn't want me to take the Dell EMC job I had as an engineer. I had to go up to Boston for three months and train. Um, but I did that anyway. Um, and you know, that was a good experience, but I think, you know, probably launching off with you all was the real first one I did because it was on my own dime. Um, you know, I was adding a whole another level of kind of accountability, just effort level of effort that I had to do. You know, I was now getting up at 5am to, you know, start a business from scratch, you know, go out there and pitch somebody this, you know, crazy idea that I had. Um, uh, so I'd say kind of sitting down thinking, you know, what the actual requirements would be. I knew I had the energy, if you will, and the, I, I had the, you know, know with all to kind of figure my way out. Um, I think it's just kind of getting over that fear of not, not really worrying about, you know, getting a no. I know it sounds cliche, but, um, you know, you hear that in the startup, you know, uh, realm all the time, but it's really just kind of being able to take those no's and just keep going, um, and be willing to put the time and effort in, you know, I knew it was going to be a lot of stress, uh, going into it. Actually, I don't even remember, but I was like breaking out in hives at first. Like, you know, I, I had never drank caffeine really until I started that. Yeah. Um, so I would say it's just kind of come overcoming that fear of taking that first leap, uh, is really the big, the big thing. Just not, not worrying about other people's opinions, um, or not, not their opinions, but just, you know, telling you no. Yeah. How did, how did, uh, how did your family react to it? Uh, they told me not to do it. <laughs> what did they say? 
Uh, I think it's more over just like, you know, a lot of people find, I, I've never really thought that there was like comfort in getting money is not the end goal. It's more of like a means if you ask me. Um, and you know, now that I had a solid job, you know, I was making, you know, really good money. I'd worked so hard getting all these certifications. Um, it's what I majored in. Uh, you know, it's a really sound company. Um, you know, a lot of people were telling me no, and that, you know, this is a really tough problem to solve is, you know, we, kind of, you know, Hey, it's a big problem. Um, but it's also a, a tough one. Um, and it kind of helped me learn how to pitch it you know, a lot of times. Cause like, I was like, well, if you saw what I saw, you know, then you would be all on board. Um, but you know, week after week, month after month, you know, getting those yeses, uh, you know, getting a product out there or MVP out there, um, you know, getting some emails from, you know, larger companies that found this, you know, interesting, compelling. Um, you know, I think that's, uh, the best way is obviously to, you know, overcome those initial kind of, uh, you know, fears, but also those people that are, you know, the naysayers and just, you know, going to kind of shrug it off. And you also don't want to listen, I'll say to the people that are too good to you. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of, you know, my closer friends are like, you know, yeah, they always want to support you. Um, but it's kind of best to actually keep them out of it because they're always going to tell you yes. Um, and I've realized that their feedback is, you know, as much as I love them, it can kind of steer you in the wrong direction. So it's kind of, it's your own journey. So you just kind of have to go with your gut. So you have a fiance and a son, right? They keep me busy. Yeah. So what does it look like um, kind of day to day at, at home? Because I know that this is not easy. Um, no. And so how has that affected home life? How has that um, like what's been that experience for you? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's definitely a balancing act. I kind of always joke that I'm just switching out of shirts on my car between a regular shirt and like a, a Dell shirt, if you will. Um, when I'm not on the clock. Um, but I mean, at home, I mean, I get up at 5am every morning without fail. I'm actually 450 cause I want to make sure I'm out of the shower. Um, I do some kind of unusual things. Like I try to make sure that I, I like, you know, my son Braden means, you know, the world to me. So I try to make sure I definitely give him the time, Amanda as well. Um, but I realized that if I can get up, get in my flow early, um, you know, by the time he wakes up at eight or depending on the day, six thirty, seven depends. Um, you know, then I'll be able to knock out most of the work that I need to get done. Some of the most important work, you know, early on. So I can dedicate that time to him, um, until I have a meeting or until, you know, something comes up. Um, you know, I, I, again, I kind of have this process in place, if you will. Like, I mean, I'll actually study and rehearse in the, uh, in the shower. A lot of times I'll get like clear plastic, uh, sheet covers and I'll put them up on the wall, uh, mm-hmm. cause it'll stick in the bathroom. Um, and I'll like rehearse, you know, pitch or just something I need to go over something I want to learn. Um, so I can kind of get out of the way early in the morning cause that's 10 minutes. Um, and then, yeah, if I'm spending time with, you know, Brayden, I can kind of not have that hanging over my head, feeling guilty if I didn't, cause the days I don't spend time with them early. I'm like, all right, I need to get back, you know, and spend time with my son ensuring, you know, I'm, you know, again, just finding ways to show him new things. I'm ensuring him being a good father, obviously. Um, and then with Amanda, you know, we have our, we work opposite schedules. So it is kind of tough. Like she doesn't get off till midnight every night. Um, she works three 30 to 12. Um, I kind of work just all day. <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, again, I don't sleep much. Um, but we ensure that like on the days that we both do have off, um, that we know we're doing something together as a family. Um, so me, it's a lot of planning. It's like, I need two weeks notice. Um, and unfortunately they kind of have to go along with that, but you know, I want to make sure that we're together and doing things. What does, uh, your son Braden think of, uh, regular? 
Um, he's at that, the terrible two is kind of pushed off a bit, I'll say. So he's at the four and a half. He actually enjoys it when I go to work sometimes, um, cause I'm trying to discipline him a bit. Um, he, he knows that I'm going to work. So if ever I've, you know, told him not to do something or, uh, you know, finish your food, clean up your toys, you know, or just please, you know, do this, you know, he'd be like, can you, can you go work? <laughs> I'd be like, sure. Um, he, he doesn't know too much about it. He just knows that, you know, I'll kind of dip in and out um and that you know when i'm there to have time that you know with him that i'm ready to do it i mean it's it's not an easy thing you know it's you definitely have your hour or two that you have to you know make the most of it um so yeah he he knows when i'm going to work that when i come back i might be stressed out but we'll we'll do something yeah i, I guess on that note with a growing family um and making sure that you have your priorities straight at home. Um, I mean, you were mentioning uh, the the challenges of schedules and making sure everybody has time uh, invested with each other. Um, when it comes to communication, uh, how do you guys work through that? Because, I mean, every family's different, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody's schedule is different. Like you were mentioning, mine's mm -hmm. very different from yours. Oh, yeah. um, and I have a very different morning routine than yours. Um, and so just based off of what you were saying, um, how often is that fluid? And, and, <laughs> and, and then how do you guys work through that in light of, like, then getting, right. you know, getting back into work and mm -hmm. getting back into this regular mindset, I guess. Yeah. To me, it's more like I'm always driving things. Like, that's just me. Uh, like Amanda and I are actually like complete polar opposites when it comes to that. <laughs> and like, we've admittedly known to like, we have plenty in common, um, you know, love for animals. We both love comedy, um, obviously our son, um, and just, you know, general interests. Um, but you know, I'm a very far out thinking, you know, like if I don't have something planned out, you know, like two weeks in advance, like that's not, you know, it, it's, it's too early or too late. You know, I was like, I've got to like, Hey, if we're going to do something, you know, on the 14th, I'll be asking, you know, a month before, like, do you have this blocked off? Are you, are you ready for it? So me, I'm always kind of driving it. Yeah. Um, and it can be a little annoying, but you know, I do that for my friends as well. Like I'm always the one planning things, like actually the one, you know, swiping the card, getting it set up because I want to make sure that it's, it's done properly. Um, so me, it's more of just kind of the ownership, um, of it. It's not really, yeah. I, I like to take it away from their hands cause I've already, I already know I'm adding kind of a level of stress by doing what I'm doing. So if I can take ownership and not, you know, push any of the, you know, process or whatever that has to be done on, you know, in that I'll say to be done to get something coordinated or scheduled, um, I'll just go ahead and do it because it'll make life easier on them, um, yeah. which will hopefully make, you know, the outing or whatever we're doing time together, you know, again, focused on family, which it should be. Um, so again, it's kind of just, I like putting it on me. Um, mm -hmm. I'll just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and she's completely cool with, with that. Yeah. I mean, friends are too, apparently. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, I've always been the one to, you know, set it up, do it. I, again, it's, I hate this saying, but you know, if you want something done right, just kind of do it yourself. It's just like, I'd rather just get it done mm -hmm. and know that it's done right. So la last question before we take a quick break. Mm -hmm. Um, you were saying, um, money is, is a means to an end mm -hmm. for you. And, and you're talking about your family. What is like, if this all works out great, what, what is something that you're really excited about for your family? Um, I mean, personally, I know that we'd always like, I'm very much against owning a home. 
um, for the foreseeable future. Um, you can get into that later, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I think actually just being able to, if I can't buy something in cash, I'm not buying it. Um, so I think being able to like, obviously if everything worked out, then getting a home and having some place to settle down like me, I'm always just looking for the you know best deal. Um, but yeah, I just don't trust the market and don't know where I'll, you know, where I'll be. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm not buying something that I don't know won't be, um, you know, long-term. Um, but I know that she would like a, you know, house and obviously I don't want to keep moving, uh, moving around, uh, you know, Braden, I'd like to him to get used to, not that we're going out of like different school districts or anything, but you know, I don't want to constantly be moving either as I'm in the process of doing that right now. And it's very tiring and annoying. Um, but I think that'd be one thing. Um, but also just like financial freedom obviously is a big thing. Um, I'm a, I love traveling. I want to see places. I'd love to take uh, family to see, uh, you know, certain places that I've been or haven't been. So that'd probably be, uh, that's my main goal, I would say. It's just the financial freedom to uh, travel. Nice. Well, let's take a quick break, um, and we'll come right back. <laughs> Today's episode of the Builder Podcast is brought to you by us. So we're going to take a few seconds to bug you about our company so we can keep making more of these. In case we haven't mentioned it yet, Builder helps everyone from founders to large enterprises create new companies and products from scratch. We're product managers and designers that make things like cool clickable prototypes and overly detailed product requirements. So check out what we're working on and how we might be able to help you at startwithbldr.com. Okay, enough of that. Back to the podcast. All right, ready to jump back in? Cannonball. All right. Okay, so um, let's talk a little bit more about you know your your real experience with regular um, lessons learned, um, and so just overall, um, how do you feel like your experience doing regular or just doing a startup in general mm-hmm. uh, has differed from your expectations going into it? Um, it's a so some of the cliches are pretty true, I would say, but a lot of them, you know it's not as flashy as it seems. I feel like it's almost kind of perceived as sexy to do a startup now when, you know, in reality, it's actually like really grueling and you're going to be doing a lot of stuff on your own. I mean, sure you'll build a team, you know, and have people around you, but you know, at the end of the day, you're doing a lot of this. This is your vision. If you're the one starting it, you're the founder. Um, you know, this is a a pretty lonely journey, but you know, you've, you've got to push, you know, the rock up the hill. Um, I would say my experience has been actually like, very fulfilling. I mean, I couldn't ask for probably, you know, a better one. Cause I mean, one, I've had, you know, some things that have proved my assumptions, right. Some things that have proved them, you know, wrong. Um, you know, learning about my stel- myself, like, you know, some, some fears I didn't know I had some strengths I know I didn't have. Um, and just kind of playing into both of those. Um, but you definitely develop, you know, a lot of, a lot of character, I, you know, it, it takes a lot of, I'll say just willpower to kind of keep pushing, um, you know, early on when you're trying to sell something, you know, I was used to selling a product, you know, from, from my days, uh, at Nordstrom, um, and just solving problems, you know, in my days from it and here, you're kind of, you're solving a problem problem without a product at first, you know, you're just kind of selling them on the idea, um, you know, an empty shoebox, if you will. Um, so I think just like really learning how to, you know, communicate, is, is probably the biggest thing I've got out of, out of this, but also just, it's been a lot of, you know, professional and personal development too. Um, and just learning how to deal with stress, um, learning how to take little wins and like, you know, kind of riding those out, um, and how they can kind of inspire the next phases of what you're doing. 
Yeah, so um, tell me more about like one of those moments where you really had to push. Tell me about you know a low moment where you were consider <laughs> considering quitting. Um, I mean, besides last five minutes, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, it's all, there's always those doubts in your mind for sure. Um, especially too, like I'm doing this on my own dime. Um, you know, I didn't just kind of go out there and raise money and then to go learn or just kind of pursue an idea. You know, I've, you know, it's a double-edged sword, but I'm doing both, you know, I'm learning on my own dime. Still have my, uh, my job at nighttime that pays for it. But, um, I'd say the best example, which I'm sure you're familiar with was, you know, trying to, I'll say build a team. Um, very, you know, very early on finding people that are actually passionate about the idea and the platform and the product or service that you're building. Um, not just maybe simply interested, passive interest, you know, kind of passive interest about what you're doing, um, is kind of the biggest, biggest, I'll say obstacle I've overcome. Um, I mean, I'm sure you know that we tried to build, you know, the first phases of regular, um, get it out there. We had, you know, uh, several locations and businesses locally that were inter interested and, you know, we were struggling to get, you know, uh, you know, some of the people we had around us to get it out there and, and, and live. Um, I think that was probably the biggest one where I was like, you know, maybe this, this process or, you know, maybe I need to work better on getting people to, you know, rally around the idea, you know, like, how do I do that going forward? Um, so I'll probably say that's the biggest one without getting into too much detail, but, uh, you know, there's obviously always those micro moments, if you will, that, you know, it's always, you know, man, this didn't work out. Now, what do I do? Um, so, yeah. Um, so if if we were in a back to the future type scenario and and you were able to give yourself advice um, looking back, what what would you tell younger, more naive Stephen? Um, I'm fairly conservative with my money, I'll say. And even here, like you need to be especially in the early stages, which again, is what you all preach. Um, you know, besides, you know, uh, spending the money with you all, but, um, <laughs> you know, be very, very, uh, not sensitive. Cause like you obviously have to spend and kind of take like, there's always going to be risk involved, but, um, just kind of like really be mindful of what you're paying for. If you are working with a, uh, you know, any type of service or company, um, and what, what you're really looking for is the end result out of it. Like what is the actual outcome? Not just simply to build something, but really what is it going to kind of prove so you can take that next action after that? <laughs> um, cause I've obviously made a couple of those, you know, errors in you know, building something where it's like, man, I wish I'd done that later because now I have a much better understanding of what this could have been if I just waited, you know, um, like our explainer video, for instance, like I made that earlier on, like, sure, it was really, you know, useful early on, but, you know, man, we could have such a much better, you know, pitch right now in a minute. Um, and it's expensive to do that, to get somebody to do it, because I don't know how to create an explainer video. Um, and also just, you know, going as lean and nimble, I'll say, in terms of uh, building, you know, the product, which, again, y'all are very good at, um, really focusing on that, because I realized how quickly it could get out of hand, um, yeah. after getting tons of estimates and whatnot from, uh, you know, dev companies. So, um, other than the explainer video, is there anything, um, that you wish you could, um, kind of wave mm -hmm. yourself off from? I would say like, I know I've probably put a, and I don't know if it's necessarily money as well. It's also time. 
I would say I would probably pull back a bit on like networking is always good, but I've realized there's also a snowball effect. If you meet with a lot of people, um, they're going to want to introduce you to several people as well. Um, and you really need to figure out if those conversations are worth your time. Um, because you'll spend a lot of, again, just uh, you'll spend money driving, you'll spend, you know, again, time is money. You'll spend money on coffee. You'll spend money on a meal, um, you know, an hour and a half or something. And again, then you just kind of have the snowball effect of people like, is this really going to help me move this forward? Or is this just, again, another kind of reason to have a conversation or say I'm doing something? Is it just busy work, if you will? Um, so I'll say it's not always just, you know, monetary, monetarily, it's, it's conversations and time as well. How do you sort through all of that, like noise and advice? Um, what, do you have any kind of like filter you, you look through or anything like that? Cause I know you get a lot, everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. And I, you know, I, you know, I know there's always unknowns. Um, you know, I, I'll reach out to you all to kind of get perspective sometimes too, as you've, you know, been down the path before, but it's kind of just a gut instinct as well. You can generally like, I feel like if you're ever doubting a conversation, then you should probably dig deeper. If you don't have to think about it, like it just makes sense, then it, you know, it naturally is like, yeah, I should definitely meet with this person. Um, if you're having to think about it, then you should probably look at all your other options for, you know, that time slot of that day of what you could be doing. Um, I kind of filter it too, just to, again, just from a, a personal perspective, like if I don't um, probably have the same values as you, like you can do a lot of research on people through Facebook, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, especially depending on the conversation, like I probably will hold off or wait um, until I can maybe see if there's more stuff that we align with, or, you know, you just need to do the research um, to understand like, is this person gonna, like, is this conversation gonna benefit both of us um, at this point in time? Because uh, if there's not that connection, then it just, I've had a ton of conversations where it's just like, you're kind of regurgitating what you've already said, you know, many times and, you know, you just kind of part ways and don't talk again. So, yeah. Um, has there been any really um, priceless pieces of advice that you've gotten along the way? Um, I would say, I mean, not just along the way in um, this, you know, launching the startup, but I've had, you know, a lot of, uh, really good insight and priceless, you know, uh, tidbits come from, you know, Nordstrom, from my experience, you know, as a systems engineer, um, you know, I would say from, I got a lot of really good insight from business owners locally, just understanding, uh, the pain points that they deal with daily, um, and running a, a business, uh, you know, you don't, maybe you can watch some of those online programs where it's, you know, a bar rescue or the profit and kind of get a glimpse of that. Um, but until you're really kind of, on the floor with them, you know, before they open up, seeing what staff is doing, you know, in, in the uh, off hours and just getting kind of, you know, under the, under the hood of uh, some of these business owners, like you really see that like, you know, they, they have a lot on the, you know, on their plate. Um, I would say just understanding kind of em probably empathy, like understanding that like when you're talking with people, um, that are very meaningful to what you're trying to do, like they're those, you know, kind of lifeblood of what your business is, you really need to come at it from an approach that like these guys are probably, you know, you know, very stressed out or, you know, uh, probably have a hundred things in their mind right now. And you need to be aware of that when you're uh, talking with them and not like wasting their time. Cause I've had some, you know, that, uh, you know, I could tell that they're just very stressed out or, you know, have a lot going again on their plate and you need to be mindful of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> empathy, empathy goes a long way. Yes. Um, so before we wrap up, um, what, what, what do the next say couple months look like for regular? 
Um, well, we're starting our capital raise. We ended the pilot uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but yeah, we're, we, uh, are hoping to get into a couple, uh, you know, regional or local accelerators. Um, again, just in that pitch mode, if you will, really trying to get, you know, the funds to build the next phase of regular and everything we learned from, uh, the pilot, our focus groups, uh, again, those, you know, in-depth discussions with decision makers, business owners, staff, um, and then, yeah, hopefully you see it, uh, you know, in more communities and more cities uh, soon enough. Um, and you see a couple more people on our team. Awesome. Well, we're excited to be along for the journey. Um, that's going to be awesome. Oh, it will. Anything, anything else to any, any uh, what's it called? Some things of wisdom to leave everybody with? Um, I mean, I've always liked the saying, you know, if it's worth doing, it's worth overdoing. And that's kind of what I always do. You know, if you're going to spend time doing something, um, definitely, you know, I kind of double down on it and make sure that I'm doing it, um, you know, to the fullest and not, you know, wasting my time. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my always words of wisdom. <laughs> Pearls of wisdom. That's what I was thinking. Of. Um, well, awesome. Um, well, thanks. And, um, we'll do this again. No way. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Builder Podcast. If you like what you heard, have someone or something you'd like to hear us talk about, or just want to continue the conversation, leave us a comment on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasting fix. And if you have your own product or startup idea and want to know how Builder can help, please check us out on our site, startwithbldr.com, and drop us a line. Until the next one, keep building.